You're listening to Comedy Central. This week on Tuning Out the News, Inside the Hill interviews legendary journalist Bob Woodward on his recorded conversations with Donald Trump and how often he declined Trump's offer to guess the nuclear codes. And on the conservative hot take, Republicans say banning deadly assault weapons is not worth letting a single duck make it across a lake without a gaping stomach wound. But first, Republicans are in civil war over which of them best represents the party's base of humble, blue-collar Mike Pence Gallo manufacturers. It's Thursday, December 1st. Welcome to Tuning Out the News, the podcast. Up first, big news. Good evening, I'm host and steering wheel drumming virtuoso James Smartwood. The top story tonight after a stunning rejection of far-right extremism in the midterm elections, a humbled Republican party is in civil war over who should course correct and lead the party even further extremely right. Here are just some of those competing for power and yes, each and every one of them has been banned for life from Target. The battle to control the GOP intensified this week after Donald Trump's dinner with future Hague bunkmates Kanye West and Nick Fuentes forcing Republican leader and directionless power accumulation Roomba Kevin McCarthy to say this. Just clarify your position on the, the meeting between Trump and Kanye West. Was that appropriate? Uh, look, the president have meetings with who he wants. I don't think anybody though, should have a meeting with Nick Fuentes and his views should are nowhere within the Republican Party or within this country itself. Kanye West has meetings. I think Kanye West should, and I, I don't, Condre. I don't think those are Condre. right comments and I don't think you should have uh, associated with them as well. McCarthy obviously extremely proud to lead a political party where an open question is where everyone stands on dinners with Nazis. The controversy arrives as Congressman McCarthy is struggling to pull together the votes necessary to win the speakership and occupy the desk and Oath Keeper will immediately take a crap inside. We want to make sure that everybody has input but we have to speak as one voice. This is very fragile if we play games on the floor. The Democrats can end up picking who the speaker is. McCarthy there deploying the cunning strategy of reminding every new Republican member of Congress that they alone could end his political career. Joining me now to take a truth bat to a news hive, then run headlines flailing into a scoops lake is Democratic strategist who legally changed her address to the MSNBC green room, Lydia Parker. Good evening. Chief Washington Bureau Chief who got seated at his brother's wedding with the bride's mother's work friends, Jonathan Keene. Hello. Chief field correspondent who woke me up at 4 a.m. this morning to announce that he threw up, James Smartwood Jr. Hey. And CBS News senior White House correspondent, tuning out the news contributor and chemical opposite of Peter Ducey, Weija Jang. Thanks so much for joining us, Weija. Great to see you again. Now, Weija, you were the reporter who asked that question of Kevin McCarthy. Has this dinner fiasco derailed McCarthy's ability to focus House Republicans on their serious agenda of printing out screenshots from Hunter Biden's sex tapes? Kevin McCarthy right now is focused on trying to get the votes that he needs to become Speaker of the House. And it's becoming apparent that it's not going to be as easy as he had hoped and as many people thought. Because remember, just a few weeks ago, we were all talking about the red wave that wasn't. And because Republicans have such a slim majority now in the House, um, that means there's very little wiggle room for McCarthy not to get votes. He needs 218 votes, a simple majority, uh, in order to clinch that title of House Speaker. And right now, 
at least five conservative Republicans in the uh, House Freedom Caucus are threatening to vote against him. All I know is this is the sort of raucous, no-holds-barred political struggle that's a perfect match for a voice-cracking, substance-free media mirage like Ron DeSantis. Oh, you better believe America's entering its Ron era. Now, also feebly grasping at the reins of power is God's other curse on women, Mike Pence, who said this about Trump's dinner. President Trump was wrong uh, uh, to give... uh, a white nationalist, uh, um, an anti-Semite, and a Holocaust denier a seat at the table. And uh, I think he should apologize for it, uh, and he should denounce those individuals. Well, let's actually go live to Mar-a-Lago, where surely the contrite, humble Trump will emerge any moment, tail between his legs, and recite a tearful apology to his respected colleague in the nation he served. It's going to happen for sure. Absolutely. Oh, yes, of course. It's happening. Yeah. Yes. Going no, to no happen. It's going to happen right now. Was that him? Did you just see him? Oh. Is that mm. it? I think that was oh. a shadow of a raincoat. It was a shadow of a raincoat. Okay. Yeah. Was that? Well, look, uh, while we wait, Ouija, how will Mike Pence overcome that this it? anti-Semitism as nope. bad gaff and win the Republican nomination? Uh, Mike Pence has a struggle ahead, too, because right now, you know, he's trying to sell his book. He's distancing himself from Trump, but he has a record um, that lives in history. And this loud voice that he's using now uh, was not there, for example, during the January 6th riots. And so I think that, you know, Republicans will be quick to point that out if they are not supporters of Pence and do not want to see him uh, in that position to be the nominee. You know, Pence could get a bump from the base if he cuts his own head off. Well, it does not look like that apology from Trump is coming. One more moment that makes Mike Pence look feckless and weak, in addition to him already being dumb. Now more than ever, he needs to toughen up his image if he wants any shot at this nomination. So naturally, let's bring in Chuck Bones, the founder of The Cast, a super cool leather clothing store on Manhattan's Lower East Side. Chuck, thank you so much for joining us tonight. How's it going? Thanks for having me. Of course. Now, Chuck, I know someone who's a little stiff. He comes across as weak. What can he wear to appear like he has even an iota of self-respect? Well, yeah, I mean, you have those guys that come in. They want they want to take some baby steps. if They've never had a leather jacket before. For sure. I would say something a little bit more streamlined for that type of guy. Um, uh, what are you thinking like there? there? Kind of like a cafe racer, like our Amsterdam jacket here. Uh-huh. Snap mm-hmm. collar. Sure. Has like oh, minimal cool. uh, oh, details, yeah. not too many bells and whistles. I think any guy can pull a jacket like this off. Oh, I certainly think he could. I think Karen would be into it. Now, what are we thinking in terms of the cod piece? I mean, I think a lot of people get way more adventurous than than we think. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I would say it's not out of the question. Not out of the question. Well, yeah. if I could jump in here, I'm actually in the marking. <laughs> well, if I could jump in here, Perfect. I'm actually in the market for something that says, Ho, oh, Daddy, this is one cool cat. Uh, also, do you want to hang out, Chuck Bones? Uh, don't do not do it, Chuck. I'm telling you, man. Yeah, I mean, I would say uh, any of these, really. I mean, you could go... Oh, here we go. ...a little bit more uh, kind of like a casual version of, a, say, like an Elvis 68 special jacket, but like in black suede. That'd be really cool. Now you're um, speaking my language. Still super cool, you. though. No um, one talks like that. No one you talks know, not like as that. sleek <laughs> as your average um cowhide jacket but um still okay and cool. uh, and in regards to the hanging out are you available i'm always down i too am down wow Ugh. lastly check look we got a power vacuum in the republican party can kevin mccarthy pull together these 218 votes or do you think it's going to be 
a consensus candidate like Steve Scalise leading the party. <laughs> I don't know if you if you do politics at all. I would say um, whoever is going to be wearing this Bowery jacket is probably going to get my vote. So so sick. Oh hell yeah! He's a one issue voter. We have to talk about the most uplifting story of the week. After an amazing match, the United States has advanced to the round of 16 at the World Cup in Qatar, where 6,500 migrant workers reportedly died in connection to the games. But enough about that. Let's focus on the majesty of the competition with our own James Smartwood Jr., who is there on the ground. Jr., how is the atmosphere in Qatar? Well, I took a wrong turn looking for the popcorn stand, and I am now in a stadium foundation surrounded by skulls. That is too bad. That is way different from popcorn. For sure. But, you know, let's not get bogged down in the skulls. Oh, we can't get bogged down in those Absolutely, skulls. Absolutely, Tell us more about this riveting event. Well, it's been truly inspiring to see so many fans and players from around the globe put aside their petty differences and, assuming officials did not make them disappear for wearing a rainbow flag, celebrate this beautiful game. Absolutely. And tell us about the spirit there. Is it electric? (laughs) You know it is. Although the fans here speak disparate languages, they all express the same exuberant joy while FIFA officials line their pockets with blood-speckled cash from the most depraved despots on Earth. Yes, events like this allow us to dream of a world without atrocities like the ones committed to make events like this. Thank you so much, Junior. Oh, for sure. All right, that's all the time we have. Sorry we didn't have time to cover Herschel Walker storming back into Texas, holding a gun to his ex-state's head and telling it to keep its mouth shut. Up next on Tuning Out the News, the podcast. The panelists of the conservative hot take push back on Biden's renewed gun control efforts in the wake of multiple mass shootings. But first. A word from our sponsor. Tampon packaging. Make people think you're going to the bathroom to eat candy. Welcome back. This week on Tuning Out the News, Hot Take host Tyler Templeton defended his Second Amendment rights from liberal attacks and looked forward to the many investigations in the pipeline from next year's Republican-controlled House. Hey, it's host who wishes more stores had blood pressure machines, Tyler Templeton, alongside co-host whose favorite game growing up was shove great-grandma off the boat, Bonnie Davis, co-host who only started drinking Coca-Cola because of Clarence Thomas, Susan Shepard, and co-host whose fedora face threatens to return at any moment, Austin Sparks. Prosecuting Sam Bakeman-Fried will stifle innovation in the field of wiping out the middle class's life savings. This is Hot Take! What's up, rock-hard earwax gang? Tonight, like all reasonable Americans, I am outraged that we just had another senseless, all-too-common politicization of mass shootings in America. There is no other country on Earth that has this level of gun reform stuff people are trying to do. And while Republicans put forward concrete prayers and obfuscations, all Joe Biden has to offer is policies dictated to him by the radical 90% of Americans lobby. The idea we still allow semi-automatic weapons to be purchased is sick. It's just sick. It has no, no social redeeming value. What will you try and do? I'm going to try to get rid of assault weapons. And what will that solve? Without assault weapons, these people will just find some other non-gun way to fling bullets 2,000 miles per hour. Maybe by open carrying an all-star pitcher. 
Luckily, Fox News somehow, someway got Mike Huckabee to go on camera and talk about folksy crap. The president's not helping any by his utter ignorance of firearms. The semi-automatics has been around for more than 100 years. Many of us who are hunters, as am I, we duck hunt with semi-automatic shotguns. Exactly. 40,000 people need to die by guns every year so Mike Huckabee can liquefy a duck. And everyone knows ducks don't die from normal guns due to their armor-like exteriors. Holy God! Is that the Terminator? Democrats don't want a virus pandemic or a gun violence pandemic, so basically want people to live forever as if we have unlimited apartments. Yeah, and fire has been around for centuries, killing millions, and you don't see us trying to legislate that away with some firefighting force. Moving on, House Republicans will soon start investigations into the Democrats, delivering on the promises that won them a crushing single-digit majority. Here is a preview, courtesy of incoming Republican Oversight Committee Chair and Man, double-checking the delivery driver brought the crazy bread, James Comer. Assuming you're chairman of the Oversight Committee, if you've got one investigation you get to focus on, if there's just one, I know you've got a bunch you want to do, what's the one? Well, we're going to investigate between 40 and 50 different things. That's it! Assuming each investigation lasts one year, that doesn't even get us through the century. Here's what Republicans need to investigate now. Major Biden's biting incidents. Are Joe Biden's eyes too small? How did Joe Biden's eyes get so small? Joe Biden's bizarre, unconditional love of his son. Has today's military become too woke to lose wars for decades? Who is everyone in China and why? I mean, I got like 50 more questions about Joe Biden's eyes. Look, we need to find out if the Bidens peddled their influence for profit illegally by not funneling those profits through a failing family hotel brand. When women see Jim Jordan asking an edge-of-your-seat, meandering five-minute question to an expressionless Merrick Garland, they'll completely forget Republicans stripped them of their bodily autonomy. Sounds right to me. All right, I gotta go eat all the chicken florentine my wife made for company coming over and act like I forgot, so let's wrap it out with I'm Not Done. New Twitter CEO and normal hairline industry disruptor Elon Musk is doing such an amazing job running Twitter that Apple is considering removing it from the App Store. If that happens, Elon Musk says he'd consider making his own alternative phone. Sick! I hope it syncs with your Tesla so they both explode at the same time. Bonnie? It is a dark day for blue-collar Manhattanites who buy their lobster tail at Whole Foods. Lots of Whole Foods here in New York City. We all shop there, and now you won't be able to find Maine lobster on the shelves or in the frozen food sections because they're upset. The whales are getting entangled, uh, I guess, in the traps or whatever they throw down into the water to catch the lobsters. First off, the free market says I can buy whatever I want from whatever store I want. And second, the whole point of eating is knowing you are eating something that died for you. So we need to start catching lobsters using methods that kill every single animal on Earth. Yo, 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 you know your boy is host of Tuning Out's outrageous late-night show, Sparks. And this week's episode is downright shagadelic. First up, Senator John Thune and I have a baby rattle slap fight. Then I convince Victoria F. and Greg G. from Bachelor in Paradise to drive a car over a lasagna. And hold on to your rear ends, because I'm going to use mirrors to make it look like I'm boning inside a tornado. Tuck the kids in bed, because that's coming up on Sparks. Man, I loved how last episode was shot on a fisheye lens for no reason whatsoever. Yeah. 
when Tuning Out the News returns, legendary journalist Bob Woodward joins Inside the Hill to give an insider's perspective on Trump's latest antics. This week on Inside the Hill, hosts Rich Ballard and Sarah Sabo welcomed legendary Washington Post journalist Bob Woodward to discuss Trump's recent controversial dinner, his grip on the Republican Party, and the office of the presidency at large. Tonight, we bring on legendary Washington Post journalist Bob Woodward to discuss whether Trump can say that only 2% of his Mar-a-Lago dinner guests were anti-Semitic if you count the hundreds of foodborne tapeworms. Let's go inside the hill! All I'm saying is I enjoy the World Cup more knowing how many workers are buried alive inside the stadium's foundations. Yeah, I say once the workers are dead, the system is victorious. Why even have the games? Absolutely know what you have when you have it. Now, I'm Sarah Sabo, and I exercise by laying on my side and flailing one foot around until I pass out. I'm Rich Ballard, and I've forgotten my first wife's face. We begin tonight with the controversy surrounding former president and inventor of the speech venue exit padlock, Donald Trump, after he dined at Mar-a-Lago with new Trump Secretary of State and defense frontrunners Kanye West and Nick Fuentes. Here to discuss is legendary Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist Bob Woodward. He is the author of the audiobook, The Trump Tapes, Bob Woodward's 20 interviews with President Donald Trump. Thanks for joining us, Bob. Thank you. Now, Bob, no reporter is closer to Donald Trump. What did Trump hope to gain from this dinner with anti-Semites besides voices loud enough to drown out the sound of Trump trying to get through steak physically indistinguishable from a dog toy? Well, uh, first of all, what I found uh, in these eight, uh, eight hours of interviews with him, he does exactly what he wants. Uh, in the audio tapes, he describes his relationship with Kim Jong-un, the leader of North Korea. Now, there is no worse thuggish leader on the globe than Kim Jong-un. He starves millions of his people. But Trump told me, he said, when he first met Kim Jong-un, it was like uh, meeting a woman in one second. You know whether it's going to work out. He'll have dinner with whoever he wants. No one's going to tell him what to do. And it's just sad that Fuentes got Trump's ear instead of the usual more enlightened company of Tallahassee's breast implant king. But oh, to be one of the hundred thousand flies on that wall. And now, Bob, you've had a lot of late night phone conversations with Trump. Before ending a call, has either of you ever accidentally said, I love you? <laughs> no, he, he's not said that. But imagine, this is a nine-month period. He's president of the United States. Uh, I realized I became entangled in the chaos of his presidency, but the agreement was he could call any time, of course. I could call him any time. Yes, that's My how wife, a phone works. Uh, Elsa Walsh, who worked for the Washington Post, was a staff writer for the New Yorker, uh, was in on lots of these calls. Uh, I would tell Trump, my wife is here. uh, They had a little bit of a phone relationship. But uh, Elsa said during this period, it was as if there were three people 
in our marriage. Hot. But now, Bob, before Donald Trump led an insurrection, Richard Nixon led a criminal conspiracy, Bill Clinton allegedly committed sex crimes, and George W. Bush killed hundreds of thousands of innocent Iraqis. The presidency is a chance to administer capitalism's greatest labor farm and command history's greatest death machine. So how did it become such a freak magnet? From Nixon up through Trump, uh, there is a concentration of power in the presidency. I think people just don't comprehend it. Uh, the great historian Barbara Tuckman in 1974, after Nixon had resigned, she said, America has uh, become uh, overly enchanted, even bewitched by the presidency. The media has become bewitched by it. And she was quite right when she said the president himself becomes bewitched with that extraordinary power. Mm -hmm. Bob, you are perhaps this nation's most preeminent journalist, and by simply writing about the office of the presidency, have given credibility to it. But given recent history, perhaps it's time for some course correction, which brings us to our segment, Updated Bob Woodward Books. Now we'll throw out some new titles for your books about presidents past, and you tell us if these provide a fuller picture of their time in office. Ready? Ready. And away we go. First up, for Trump, how about a book entitled Trump's Judgment, cobbled together advice from Sean Hannity, John Voight, and the caddy who gives the other caddies pills? Yes or no? Yes. Okay. Now, for Obama, how about Rebuke, the inside story of Obama's momentous Wall Street light wrist slap? Yes or no, Bob? I'd say no to that one. Hmm. Okay. Well, for Bill Clinton, we're thinking Clinton's rise, how the highest office in the land came to be occupied by the grossest human in history. No. All right. Okay, how about this, Bob? For George W. Bush, you could do hindsight. Bush killed millions, but he never tweeted hamburgers. No. Now, you haven't written one yet for Joe Biden, but may we humbly suggest the title Biden Year One, 365 Days and 365 Calls to Long-Deceased Colleagues. Uh, maybe. All right, we got a maybe. Ooh. And that's how you play updated Bob Woodward books. Well, my fingers are cold, so it's time to go take a 90-minute shower. So that's all the time we have. Thank you to our esteemed guest, Bob Woodward. Thank you, Bob. Thanks. After the break, an exclusive offer for you, our dear, beloved, disposable cogs of capitalism. Stay tuned. It's foodlicious. Welcome back. Before we go, it's the holiday season, and that means it's time for everyone to do their part to serve their community and nation the best way possible. Reckless, disastrous spending. That's right. We hope everyone propped up our failing department store's Q4 earnings reports on Black Friday. And on Small Business Saturday, purchase from mom and pop shops to elongate their lives a few more moments before Amazon slowly lowers the pillow on their faces. And on Giving Tuesday, donate it to charities to compensate for the failure of our national safety net. But you can always do more, which is why Inside the Hill is now offering to send you a self-addressed stamped box for you to ship yourself to us so we can extract your nutrients and oils for profit. Just sit back, relax, and leave the pulping to us. 
because there's no better way to celebrate the birth of our humble, penniless Messiah than by fulfilling your role as a vessel for the flow of money toward the already wealthy. Happy Holidays, Protein Husks! Until next week, this has been Tuning Out the News, the podcast. If you're enjoying the podcast, please give us a five-star rating on Apple or Spotify. Watch Stephen Colbert Presents Tuning Out the News on Comedy Central, Wednesdays after The Daily Show. And follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. This has been a Comedy Central podcast. <laughs> <laughs>